Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Wow, witches, it's been the longest. Like, I can't believe it's been two months since I have last been here. It's Liffa today as I'm recording this. It's chucking it down with rain. But in the words of Jay-Z, allow me to reintroduce myself. So I took some time out to finish off my book and edit it. But things also really shifted in my life this year So needed a bit of time out to rebalance and decide what I was doing. At one point, I went back to get a job because I was just trying to balance things out for myself. But I also think I had a huge amount of imposter syndrome, like questioning if I could really do what I wanted to do, like things with a podcast. And, you know, I really wanted to start YouTube, but I had a lot of anxiety and confidence issues around that. I started it now, but it did trigger off a lot of feelings. And talking about being all up in my feelings, I also met someone earlier on this year and fell head over heels in love. And that definitely knocked me off course a bit. I was working around the time I met him. So I was trying to carry on with my witch work, juggle a new job, new relationship, also look after my daughter, who is in the terrible teen stage. And to be honest, I wasn't doing it all too well. So I'm now doing some part-time work with my partner as he's an entrepreneur alongside my witchy work, which means we can all eat again, won't be poor like church mice, plus I get to do what I love still. So good news is that I have finished my book, it's being edited and I faffed around a lot with it, being really pedantic. Other good news is, and of course, I've never said this before because it sounds really cringe, but I believe I manifested the love of my life this year. So as a result, I thought I would talk to you all about the Witch's Pyramid, which is all about manifesting and dates back centuries. The bad news is we haven't got a book review today. I've still been reading books despite all the madness, but I will be honest with you, I haven't read a book yet that I'm happy to recommend. And that saddens me, although the book I started last night has given me all the witchy feels a page in. So I'm definitely going to talk to you about that book next for sure. So today, join me when we talk all about witchy manifesting. Me and my very good friend Jade talked recently because I told her about this episode and I think she felt the same as many of us do, like yuck manifesting, get away with like from me with that and if you dare bring up the book The Secret, I will literally nut you. 
But what we discussed is to be honest, manifesting has always really stemmed from us witches. We have always focused on creating our own reality through spell work, ritual, and so on. So I referred back recently to a list that I made last year that me and my friend both wrote our own list for about who our ideal partner would be. So I found this list the other day and every single thing I had put on the list about how I would like my partner to be is on there. So just to make you a little bit sick in your mouth, like I like to think he's kind, funny, romantic. He always shows me that he's proud of me. He encourages me in what I do. He wants the same things for the future as I do and more than I could have hoped for. He even looks how I would like my partner to look, which sounds really shallow, but, you know, you've got a little image in your mind of, you know, we all know, like, the kind of person that we fancy, right? And he's a bit like a Viking version of Kurt Cobain, and, yeah, I'm here for it. So sometimes when we manifest what we always wanted, we can also struggle with feelings of worth and, again, like imposter syndrome. I think I manifested somebody better than I could have hoped for. I also struggled for a little bit with the whole healthy relationship thing because I hadn't had that before. So I have had to go back to doing some shadow work and work on myself so as not to self-sabotage. Of course, healing is an ongoing thing. So I wanted to start season two of the podcast and most of my work anew, like a fresh start, because I'm not the same person who started the podcast in 2019. Life has changed. I was in a, a lot of emotional pain when I started the podcast and my work. It's weird creating from a place of being happy. Like things might change. They might be different with what I do going forward. But I am really excited for the future with what I have planned for the podcast and the topics we are going to cover. So without further ado, welcome back my favourite witches. Join me after the break and let's talk all about the Witch's Pyramid. Welcome back. So let's talk all about the Witch's Pyramid. They say that the word witch means to bend or shape, and I believe that to be true in the way we can bend and shape our personal reality, be it through spell work or working with energy when it comes to manifesting. I thought it might be good for us to take a look at the witch's pyramid for bringing in that which we so covet. Some of the information I've used for this podcast comes from Leo Droon Witchcraft, a wonderful Patreon site that I am a member of for around £5 a month. And within the membership, they included a PDF for an amazing old witchcraft book that I'm currently reading called Mastering Witchcraft by Paul Hudson, where he delves into the witch's pyramid. This is by no means sponsored or anything. I just highly recommend the site. So there are four main cornerstones to the witch's pyramid. A virulent imagination, a will of fire, rock hard faith and a flair for secrecy. When it comes to imagination, it's a case of visualizing and being inspired by what you truly yearn for. And this is truly inspired by how passionate you can be about that which you want. So it's tapping into our feelings and emotions linked to what we want to generate that desire. 
So our brains literally cannot tell the difference between reality and what we are envisaging. So it begins to react physically as though we already have what we are visualizing. Use your mind to conjure up images that make you feel excited and raise your energy levels when it comes to your desires. The more emotional and deeply knotted the roots of your secret visions are, the more potent they will be coming into fruition. So nurture your imagination and treasure your fantasies. Spend time daydreaming on how your life could be. What would you like to be holding in your hand or experiencing down to the most finite detail? The more in depth, the better you can bring it into being exactly as you want it. One of the best ways I've come to visualizing is through scripting and meditation. So you can script on exactly how you want your life to be. I like to treat it a bit like story writing and go all out on the imagination front. I carry out script writing out my ideal day, like my day from when I wake up, what do I eat, where am I, as in like what does my home look like, what am I wearing, how do I look, what perfume do I have on, where am I going socially, where am I working, who's in my life, like how much money do I have in my bank account, what am I driving, the possibilities are endless. I have even scripted on where I'm going for dinner that night and so on. And it's just such a beautiful, like empowering process. So when you are writing this out, write in the present tense. Don't ever use language such as I want, use I am or I have. So for example, when it comes to scripting out, write things like I'm wearing my favorite I don't know, like Louis Vuitton handbag, or I am working for myself earning however much, like however much per month. Say it as though it is happening right now. So to help with this, there's a really powerful meditation I listened to by the Gem Goddess on YouTube. I will try and link it in the show notes, but it's definitely on her page under most powerful meditation to shift your reality, where she talks you through each visualization you have. This has been a resource I have come back to repeatedly over the last year. You might find you need to make it more physically visual for you. So perhaps using a goal board. I love using goal boards. I'm working on one currently. I find the visualizing meditations and scripting are really powerful to get me going with making these. Pinterest is my go-to for pictures for this. And I've either just stuck these onto my wardrobe door or get yourself some artist's canvases. You can get these for cheap at places like Home Bargains or The Works. That's if you're here in the UK, but I'm assuming like if you're in America, you might have like Hobby Lobby. I'm not sure about Australia and everywhere else, but yes, somewhere you can get some cheap artist canvases and stick all your pictures on there. You might want to put it on your altar, perhaps on your wall. You might wish to be more secretive with your goal board and have it within a journal or perhaps have all the pictures in more of a goal box, entirely up to you. Once you start getting full clarity on what it is you want, you might have spell or ritual work you decide to use towards your manifestations. So, 
you might want to consider like what habits do you need to get rid of that won't be serving you towards your manifestation? Perhaps blocks that you hold relating to self-worth, procrastination, perfectionism, addictions, habits that are holding you back from the path you have decided that you want to tread. That might involve coming back to doing some shadow work around beliefs that you have. Maybe use the full moon to work on removing these from your life to help you push forward. Maybe using new moons to put out to the universe that which you wish to bring in along with perhaps new skills that you wish to acquire or develop to help you get to where you need to be. You can carry out spell or ritual work according to your manifestation and maybe work with the moon or even magic days of the week or spell times. So the second cornerstone for the witch's pyramid is a will of fire. This is symbolic of the investment you place into obtaining your visualization. So emotional investment plus intense focus equals a will of fire. The intensity of your emotional investment in the magic is directly related to the intensity of the result. Of equal importance is the level of focus you direct to desire. So in essence, understanding how to use will for magic for what you truly want in this life means understanding what you do truly want in this life and beyond. And of course, this might involve a lot of self-reflection. For example, who might you need to become in order to bring in this manifestation? How might you need to behave in order to bring about this desire? This brings us to the stage of the manifestation where you understand the want and the will. So one thing I will interject and say, along with what the Mastering Witchcraft book outlines, is don't try visualizing or willing for anything you are unconvinced is impossible to like manifest, or if it brings up any icky feelings for you, as the energy clearly isn't right. It won't lightly come about, and it will feel like a real kick in the teeth if you don't manifest it, which you likely won't if you already have feelings of it being impossible to manifest. You might want to start with working on smaller manifestations to get you going and more confident in the beginning. It's all about making the bendable world bend to your will. So to cultivate our magical will, we must have full clarity on what we want. You then proceed to narrow down your field of attention to encompass just that one thing, keeping it in your awareness at all times. Then you go and get it. And this determination and mindset has to be part of your witchy personality through this whole process. As my will, so mote it be. These are the magic words that come to mind when it comes to the witch's pyramid process. The third cornerstone of the witch's pyramid is faith, something that most magical power depends on. Granted, this sounds like a word more used within church, but whenever we put together a spell bottle, talisman, spell itself, like ritual, sigil, or enchant an object or crystal, we have faith that what we are trying to do magic-wise will come into play. So through faith, the imagination is invigorated and completed, for it really happens that every doubt mars its perfection. And that is a quote by Parcelsus. 
So unless we hold a rock hard faith in our powers and spell, we will not achieve the burning intensity of power and imagination, which is essential to make our magic work. Faith is the vice you hold steady on your crucible will into which you pour the molten metal of your virulent imagination. Imagination and will are intimately connected to faith. Faith quietens any objections and acts as a catalyst to action and temporarily and instantaneously helps as a prop to support you believe in the inevitability of your success. So without faith, you wouldn't even embark on the path towards that which you desire as you wouldn't believe it could be obtained. Within Mastering Witchcraft, the author writes that as a witch, you should never break your word. So if you say you are going to work on a manifestation, make sure you are 100% certain you will apply yourself in a bid to cultivate a state of mind that you can switch on at will, whereby it is absolutely natural and in accordance with the nature of things that whatever you say is going to come true. So, for example, like each and every time you break your word, be it in your control or not, you are in effect chipping away at the faith you have in yourself, which you are trying so hard to cultivate. A witch's word is a witch's word and never given lightly. The fourth cornerstone of the pyramid is secrecy, the last theoretical consideration. Witchcraft consists of knowledge and with knowledge comes power. And it is said that power shared is power lost. And within Mastering Witchcraft, the author explains that it's very much in your own interests as a witch to carry out some of your work in secrecy. Now, secrecy doesn't have to mean a complete silence where you tell no one of your plans, but it means knowing who you can and can't mention it to. Because ultimately, other people's opinions and judgments regarding our plans, desires and dreams can affect our ultimate personal ideas, especially if we care for this individual's opinions. It means that our goals, desires or plans remain true to us without any influence from any naysayers or people whose opinion we may respect, but might still change the true course of that which we wish for. So to summarise, the witch's pyramid and the four cornerstones, let me give you like a bit of an analogy. So when you cast a spell, you will in essence be putting some delicate machinery into operation. The machinery itself is made of the stuff dreams are made of and the electricity that flows through it will be your own emotions and desires. So in order to assemble this machinery in the first place and to make it move, you need to employ your burning will, rock firm faith and virulent imagination in equal strenuous amounts. You would have worked yourself into the right frame of mind where it's inconceivable to you that the magic would fail. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. 
It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So using that analogy, imagine if you were working on putting together this machine and your mother-in-law bursts into the room you were in, starts asking what you're doing, why you're doing it that way. Have you thought about trying this? And oh, that will never work. That would totally set you off track and ruin your hard work, knocking your faith and making you question everything you initially set out for. It's also said that by remaining silent on your plans, you are in essence creating a pact between you and the universe. You're also allowing space for you to receive any messages from the divine, or even if you work with ancestors or deities that are helping you work towards your desires. You can also better tune in and listen to your higher self. The witch's pyramid stems from the five pagan virtues, or more commonly known as the powers of the Sphinx. These virtues or rules were originally laid out by Eliphas Levi, a French esotericist, poet, author, who wrote books on magic, Kabbalah, alchemical studies and occultism. He was said to be the most influential occultist of the 19th century and originally he started out within the Catholic Church and abandoned his Roman Catholic priesthood. He gained notoriety as an original thinker and writer and his work was embraced by esotericists through to artists of romantic or symbolist inspiration. The rules of virtues that Eliphas Levi created were expanded on by Alistair Crowley. Parcelsus, who I quoted earlier, was a Swiss physician and alchemist who came up with the magical agents of will and imagination three centuries before Levi that contribute to the powers of the Sphinx. When creating the Sphinx, Eliphas Levi used the head of a man, torso and front paws of a lion, the rear end of a bull and the wings of an eagle. Levi assigned to each component parts a direction and element. So to know was the man and linked to the air element. Will is a bull and the earth element. Dare is a lion and fire element and keep silent is an eagle and water. Levi built on his theory that as the Sphinx is made up by four different elements and perfectly balanced, man is also made up of all four. However, must strive to attain perfect balance of them all. He stated, to attain such an achievement, it is necessary to know what has to be done, to will what is required, to dare what must be attempted, and to keep silent with discernment. Levi and Crowley both agreed that by achieving each of the four steps within the Sphinx, you would attain the fifth, a greater understanding of the divine self within. The fifth power of the Sphinx was added by Alistair Crowley, and it was to go. That reminds me of Nessa from Gavin and Stacey, where to you go? This represents, terrible impression, this represents the point of transformation, the ending of one cycle of experience and learning and the beginning of another. We go forth with our knowledge, willingness and daring, tempered with the insight and circumspect of silence and put everything into practice. 
As a result, we evolve in our magic and have a better understanding and direction to reuse this cycle for other matters. So other magic, other manifestations we want to create. But Crowley viewed it more finite as once you reached stage five, you'd reached like the pinnacle of achievement supported by the four stages rather than more of like a never ending cycle of learning that you can kind of rinse and repeat, which is more how I sort of see it. It's, he viewed it as more like you are the black belt of the process as they saw it as achieving the understanding and mastery of the God within. That all sounds quite like ego driven to me. But anyway, I once read somewhere that when it comes to manifesting for anything linked to like friendships, romantic relationships and so on, you leave all that to fate that when it comes to work, material things and money, it is all about putting in the work and that's how the manifestation comes. So I strongly believe you hold the key to clarifying exactly the kinds of people you want to have in your life through setting clear boundaries, scripting on how these individuals will make you feel what they bring to your life and you to them, believing that in order to manifesting someone into your life, it's really about working on yourself. So showing up for yourself, like how you would like someone else to show up for you. So does the other person make you feel secure? So work on making yourself feel secure. Do they take you on nice dates? So treat yourself to nice dates. Do they encourage you and make you feel positive? So work on doing this for yourself because all these actions will mirror out into the world and draw those people to you like a magnet. Obviously, you'll be vibrating at the same frequency and you will in turn do those things for that person. When you have two people that give and put in the same energy, it is a truly magical experience. When it comes to your goals, Ones that you have to work on, I'd say, in regards to finances, work, studies, and so on. I believe it's like an, you know, 50% inspired action from you, 50% from the universe. Inspired action isn't working like an absolute dog till you're knackered and, you know, charging on within your masculine energy till you're drained. It's taking actions that feel good and move you towards your goal without panic or controlling the outcome. It's allowing it to be and happen. So I like this other idea that I recently heard, and I will leave it with you for some food for thought. And the question is, what table do you want to be sat at? So if you have a goal or a dream, are there other people that have what you want or are doing what you want to do? Can you see yourself sitting at a table with these like-minded people and having what it is that they have? It's not about copying what they do or being jealous or comparing yourself to them. It's considering yourself there, having achieved it and carving out that space for yourself at the table because you have accomplished what it is you want. So you can build on that. If you have those people in mind, you might want to create your own personal council that lives in your mind. So go with me on this. So for example, let's say your role model was 
Okay, so one of my role models is Danielle Dolsky. When it comes to writing, I just absolutely love her style. So using her as an example, I could have her on my council, along with other role models that I have, and ask Danielle, who lives in my tiny mind, like, where are we going with this, Carly? What would Danielle do? Like, would she make this decision? Would she procrastinate on this? At times, you know, if I think on what my role model would probably do, it makes me pull myself together and get on with it. This got me thinking about what it is that I want and how I can go about it. It had me looking at myself as more of a serious contender for what I want and being more serious about it as I am visualizing myself sitting next to those people who have indeed accomplished it. And I hope that that leaves you with some ideas on what you want and how you can go about it and which table that you would like to be sitting on. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be back. I already have episode two on the way, just in the process of recording that also. Very excited about that episode. If you feel inclined to I'll be ever so grateful if you could leave me a review it takes about five seconds but it means that more people can find the show I've I can't understand like I haven't brought anything out for like two and a bit months and I'm so amazed that the podcast has still been like top 10 in the spirituality charts for like so many countries like it just blows my mind I feel so guilty but thank you like thank you for not like Yeah, thank you for still listening, you know. But yes, it is so good to be back. Lots and lots of witchy love. I will catch up with you all very soon. Bye.